Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. to the Defending Big D podcast, Stargazing. I'm Taylor, the managing editor, and I'm joined tonight by Mark, um, our our Stars fan that's all the way out in California. Thanks for, for joining me today, Mark. Well, I'm glad to be here. I, I'm kind of the Justin Dowling of, the, of Defending Big D here, kind of stepping up, uh, stepping up to the top line. You know, I can fill in on any line and I'm ready to go. If you're Justin Dowling, what does that make me? <laughs> I think that makes you Jamie Benn, doesn't it? I guess. I, I yeah, probably. I mean, I've been I've been doing this for like ten years now, so I guess I've got the uh, I've got the road weariness on the body too to match. So I well, guess you, I'm you, the ringleader of game. this. Yeah, you know, I'm still here. I'm still alive and scrapping. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, we have a lot to talk about. Um, this off season is setting up to be. A pretty big one for the stars when you really consider uh, how their core is kind of starting to age and some big decisions they have coming up. And so I think, you know, before we get into the expansion draft discussion and all of that, it's probably time to just kind of sit and take stock of who do we have under contract, who's going to be coming back, um, who could be potentially walking in free agency and where the holes might be on the roster that Dallas is going to either need to graduate internally or go after some free agents. And they also have a couple of big contracts to consider this off season. So I think let's dive in first on probably the easiest of the three positions to tackle. And that's going to be the goaltenders. Obviously we've got Anton Kudobin who is still under contract through the 2023 season at 3.3 million and then Jake Ottinger who came in and filled in as a backup and kind of proved that he might be ready for a tandem style that Dallas needs because behind both of those guys are behind Ben Bishop who unfortunately just can't ever seem to get through a whole season healthy uh missed all year with his off-season knee surgery situation but is still signed for again another two years 2023 season ending at 4.9 million so based on the three goaltenders that the Dallas Stars have how do you see this position shaking out for them next year well I, I think Jim Neal actually had this all lined up perfectly and then and then Ottinger came out there and screwed it all up by playing really well uh, and, and so now we have three really good goaltenders who are all capable at the NHL level. And, uh, and, and then we have an AHL question where we have a, a new goaltender that, that we just brought in and then a bunch of free agents who we probably don't want to have stick around. So uh, I, I, I think the question is, how do we turn three NHL great goaltenders into two? Yeah, and I think it's really tough to go back to Jake Ottinger and be like, look, we know you played at the NHL level all year, and yes, we think you're ready, but we need you to go back to Texas to start next year because we don't have space for you. Um, Do you hope hope that Kudobin is still enough of a carrot out on the expansion market and hope that that solves all problems by him getting drafted to Seattle? Um, At this point, I... I mean, I've taken a little bit of a look at the goalie market for Seattle, and it's that there are a lot of candidates out there. And so it's going to be, in my mind, a tough sell for us to just think that Hudobin's uh, going to go and be uh, the pick out of what we offer. And so I think this is something where we're going to need to be a little proactive and figure out what we want to do and see what kind of return we can get for Hudobin because. I think Bishop's pretty much untouchable, and and Ottinger's ready to go. So uh, it, it's time for uh, it's time for Jim Neal to uh, earn, earn a bit of his living. So you think Ben Bishop's contract is not is not tradable? I I think it may be tradable, but I'm not sure that given where this team is set up for next year, that that's really the way we want to go with uh, with. with potentially Ottinger being a 1A to, to Hudobin's 1B. I think this team has a, 
has a core that's in place that uh, we might as well go with it and and see how far Bishop can take us. And Ottinger's a fabulous uh, understudy for Bishop. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and especially without, you know, in theory, at least for now, we are assuming that there's not going to be a taxi squad and that next season is going to operate like a standard NHL season. Um, so it's not like you could maybe use the taxi squad to stash a third goaltender and maybe do a three goalie rotation, which uh, if we don't ever see tandems in the NHL these days, I can't imagine a a three goalie (laughs) happening. Um, So uh, we had a goalie tandem this year and Landon Bow couldn't find himself more than two games down in Texas. Yeah. The depth is honestly quite interesting at this position because like you said, Adam Scheel came in and was signed um, as a collegiate free agent. And uh, between- I mean, I saw him play. He, he, he started out a little rough, and by by his last couple of games, he's looked really good, and he's taken over that number one spot. And uh, and, and so you have Colton Point, who's uh, who's who's never quite been able to grab a spot. He's a re- he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. And and I really don't see the team doing much with that. And then you have Landon Bow, who spent his time uh, eating nachos all year, and he's an unrestricted free agent. And I seriously doubt that he's sticking around. So uh, so now the choice is we have three NHL goaltenders, but if we only have two at, at a certain point, uh, we're we're somewhat vulnerable to uh, if somebody gets injured and we need to bring somebody in. Which almost makes the case for going to Jake Oninger and being like, it's not you, it's us. <laughs> and sending him back to Texas. But you do wonder if he has anything really to learn anymore down there. So I, that, I think, to me, is one of the most interesting positions for Dallas headed into next season is what do you do with the goaltending and how do you address your NHL quality starting, you know, like a, a backup fill-in for injuries at the AHL level um, balanced your continued development of your goaltending pipeline and also balance having Kidobin and Bishop and Ottinger all proving that, you know, they're NHL starting goaltenders. Yeah, very I mean, interesting. I- I, I, I kind of think, you know, given given the state of things down at down at Cedar Park, I really wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of find somebody who's who, who's played some NHL um, and has been borderline and is looking for a chance to potentially work their way back in and have them serve as as a backup for Shield, but also as a potential call up uh, in case of injury. And, like and a there Mike McKinnis style. Right, right, exactly, exactly, and that's somebody that you can probably sign to a to a to a reasonable two way deal where where you pay them a little bit more than minimum down at the AHL level, but they still can come in and earn at least a professional minimum at at the NHL level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that's that one. May, even though it's a big question mark, is actually probably the clearest picture of the three different positions for Dallas because as we shift our attention away from goaltending and work our way out, we have the defense in front of them. Obviously we know Issa Lindell signed at 5.8 million for another four seasons after this. You've got John Klingberg who will be coming up uh, in his last year of his contract at 4.25 million. Jamie Alexiak is obviously um, an unrestricted free agent who by all reports, was pretty popular at the trade deadline, and Dallas chose to hang on to him and hope to re-sign him. But he was making two point one million this year, and you gotta wonder how much he fetches on the open market. Sammy Vatanen acquired at the trade deadline. I mean, realistically, he's an unrestricted free agent. He made two million dollars last year. He's twenty nine. Um, I mean, not a terrible option for a depth guy but i don't know if he's like your your you know six or seven guy but maybe maybe him and sekera make a pretty good six seven pairing i'm not sure um then you got andre sekera signed at 1.5 million for next season as well 
Miro Haskinen, who's going to be due a nice big fat raise. And then Mark Pissick, who is will be unrestricted free agent. And honestly, with him playing the forward and at near the end of the season, I'm not sure how he factors into the Stars' long-term future. And then Joel Hanley signed um, an extension earlier this season, so he's he's under cost control at 750k for the next two seasons. So a lot of holes potentially here, especially with the expansion draft. Um, how do you kind of see the defense shaking out next year? Um, I think, uh, again, we're going to have to take a few risks. Um, I, I did a little bit of looking at, at, at comps for, uh, for, for Jamie Alexiak, and I, the comps I'm seeing are, are in the four to four and a half million range if you're, if, if you're going up to a, a five-year contract. And and maybe even more because I, I think there are teams out there that kind of view uh, him as a, as a poor man's version of uh, of Chara. Big defenders come in late, and and he's 27 and could just very well be coming into his prime. And right around this time in Chara's career, he signed a big 7.5 million dollar deal with with statistics that were slightly better than Alexiak's, but Alexiak's been coming on. So I I. Dallas may want to keep him. I, I could argue uh, argue why they wouldn't want to keep him, but I, I think the team likes him. So uh, if they want to, they're going to pay a real pretty price for it, though. And I do wonder about uh, Miro Haskinen was asked in his end-of-season media availability recently, uh, just this week, uh, where, or last week, depending on when you're listening to this, um, and he said that he enjoyed being paired with a Jamie Lixiak because he's a bigger guy, um, you know, and he likes having that bigger guy kind of next to him. Now, whether that's just towing the part, you know, the company line, because that's just who he has been paired with. And, you know, he doesn't want to throw a guy under the bus, which, hey, mirrors like that. And I wouldn't blame him. Um or if, you know, that's truly, you know, a, a pairing that, you know, Miro Haskinen is comfortable in and there's something to be said for keeping your future cornerstone defenseman happy. Uh, but I agree with you. I do wonder if Jamie Alexiak has kind of priced himself out of Dallas's reach just based on, you know, some of the offensive goals he had this year. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you know, the fact that he's not he's not a total liability anymore at defense. That, you know, when he was younger, you you would argue that he was no better than a, than a turnstile. But, you know, he's, he's gotten, gotten better. better. He's gotten better. He's gotten a lot better, and the numbers back that up. Um, now, one, one thing I found a little interesting, and, and, and this is with a little grain of salt as well, because it was toward the end of the year. But uh, Rick Bonus did do a, a lot more pair juggling down the stretch. And, and one of the things I noticed was some extra time with, with Miro and, and Lindell. And, you know, again, I think, I think maybe the last couple weeks was the team searching for what they wanted to do. And I think, I think Botman and bringing him on uh, claiming him on waivers had something to do with this. We were, we were kind of looking to see who would fit in if Alexiak wasn't around and, and Votnin was an easy way to do that. And, and it really didn't cost us a whole lot of money to do that. Um, and I, and I think ultimately it probably didn't work. Um, but you know, there, there may be some ways that you could get some different pairings out of this uh, especially if you start thinking that you might bring Thomas Harley up into the mix. Man, how much of a wrinkle in all of this would would it cause if Seattle looked at Issa Lindell and said, yep, that's our guy. That's who well, we want to take off the Dallas roster. Interesting, interesting point here. Um, if you look at if you look at Lindell's contract, uh, this is his last year without a, without a no move clause. And so it's kind of at a point where he's valuable. Uh, we can get something for him. And there may be, a, the, the, you know, if we want to bring in some offense, that is a real good asset that we, we can use, but we have to do it now. Yeah. I mean, they could also lose him for nothing to Seattle in theory. 
Well, um, if, if they don't, I, I don't see how. Yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna if if Lindell doesn't get traded, they're they're gonna protect him. They're gonna protect Klingberg. They're gonna protect Heiskanen. So, uh, so I, I don't see a real way where where Seattle ends up with him. Um, but but there are some tr- intriguing options if they intentionally decide to move, and that would yeah. probably make the defending Big D uh, certain certain portions of the. Uh, of, of our fan base uh, happy. <laughs> well, there's also a certain uh, portion of the fan base that's screaming for Dallas to trade away John Klingberg entering into his last season of a very team-friendly contract, uh, basically arguing that you're never going to get more for him than you probably will this offseason because you give the acquiring team a full year of his services before and then also give them the opportunity to re-sign him at eight years um, instead of him going to market and only being able to get seven max on the, on, you know, out in free agency. What do you think about that concept? Do you think that it's really truly something that Dallas should explore getting rid of John Klingberg and how would you replace his offensive game I did a, did a little looking at this. Um, the, the one thing that hasn't been pointed out is how elite John Klingberg is at running the power play. I, I, if you take a look at, at his goal production per 60 minutes, he is top four in the league in both expected goals and goals over over a 60-minute period. And, and and that's kind of a, a group of four that, you know, this is the Victor Hedmans of the world that, that we're talking about. So there's a certain portion of John Klingberg's game that I don't think we can replace. And and some of that has to do you know, with, with his working with Pavelski this last year and getting better at that. But he's just an elite puck mover. He he makes intelligent choices. And And even if you take a look at what he gives up, Compared to some of the other guys who are really excellent at, at generating goals on the power play, Klingberg really doesn't give up a whole lot. Uh, you know, you think he turns the puck over quite a bit, but there are other guys in that same elite range on the offensive side who are much worse on the defensive side. And so he's a unicorn in that kind of sense. John Klingberg has always been a unicorn. I mean, if it's not his own play, it's just by virtue of his contract. I mean... Four point two five million for one of the best power play quarterbacks in the league. That's a steal. So, what do you do? You think that the Stars have a realistic shot at keeping both Klingberg and Haskinen under contract in the future, or do you think that, regardless of how things go, Klingberg is a goner after this coming year? No, I, I like, don't see a way. I don't see a way that Dallas is successful uh, without John Klingberg in the mix. And and especially if you take a look at some of the skill sets throughout the rest of the lineup, he's he, he's a distributor of the puck, and that's that's something that's sorely lacking everywhere else throughout the lineup, except now perhaps in Jason Robertson. And so it, it, it's like taking one of your most valued things that you have very little of and just throwing it away. And and, and at that point, you, know, you think you aren't scoring goals now. Wait till you see the team without clean. I'm with you, and I have never been on the Trey John Klingberg bandwagon. Um, I look at how Jim Nils kind of set up the the cap situation with um, guys like Pavelski. I mean, $7 million coming off after next season. That's pretty much a John Klingberg extension built in. Um, You know, what what they need to make that happen, though, is obviously for for a young guy like Thomas Harley to be ready to come in and take some significant minutes as well, um, you know, because he's also under cost control. But that's something that we can kick a little further down the road because it's maybe not an immediate concern. And I'm with you. I think that trading John Klingberg this offseason would pretty much signal that you're throwing in on competing next year and you're looking for a re-wreck. Yep. That you're looking to... Because you're not, like you said, you cannot replace his hockey intelligence on that back end. I think Miro Haskinen will get to or even exceed John Klingberg in that degree at some point in his career. 
but he's still young and he's still improving. And I just don't know if that, if he would be able to step up and fully fill that. And then, I mean, you would have like no depth at all if you trade John Klingberg this season. So even if he does walk at the end of next year for free, I don't see how Dallas trades him this summer, even if it is a King's ransom that you can get back. You, it would have to be, it would have to be something very significant if I were Jim Nill to consider trading him. Like I'm talking like a William Nylander type player that's just dynamic and can distribute the puck and has the hockey IQ up front in the forward group that's severely lacking, but is caught, you know, is signed for long term before I would consider moving John Klingberg. Well, the question I have, and I, I think I brought this up before, is I, I think Klingberg's actually worth more to Dallas than he is to a lot of other teams because a lot of other teams have ways that they can move the puck and score. And and so, yeah, Klingberg would be great, but he would not be such a unicorn elsewhere as he is with Dallas. And, and I, I think ultimately this boils down to um, – this is this is kind of the last year coming up of the old guard. Uh, you still have Pavelski around. You still have Radulov around. Um, this is kind of a you know, but but the up and comers are are making their mark. So so you have hints. You have Robertson. You have Gurianov. The next generation's out there and they're starting to contribute. And so the question coming up this year, you know, you have Bishop out there. You have all of these older guys who are really still kind of on the edge of their uh, of their productive years and they have to have one more shot at making a run at it and and missing the playoffs going into this where they should be able to come into next year fairly healthy this is not the time to take a piece and throw it away i agree and then also if you if you subtract klingberg all of a sudden your depth looks something like lindell uh Sakura, Haskinen, and Hanley, <laughs> and yeah. and then what? Because that's a lot of unrestricted free agents that are question marks of whether they're coming back or not. And man, you can't go out and just like rebuild two thirds of your defense like on the fly like that. These guys aren't available in that way. I mean, that's guys. Sure, your six, seven parent guys on that third pairing. Absolutely, you can go out and find one of those unrestricted free agents and you know you might slightly overpay or maybe not depending on the situation but you're not going to be able to fill in a two top four spots essentially and I don't know and I am not convinced that there's anybody in Texas that's ready for that type of elevation no and the other thing to keep in mind if you take a look at the depth is that Klingberg's one of the few right d's that we have on the on the club and so that's another thing that you, if you get rid of a right D, we are so left dominated. Um, I, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to see see us find a way to get Haskin and overdo his strong side. I mean, we, we have yet to see him be able to play his, his game. And yeah, he does okay on the right side, but that's not the natural position. And, and you, you know, I, I, I've seen, I've seen the presentations left, left-handers, uh, you know, Left D's playing on the right side, there are certain things that they can't do as easily as as, as if they're playing their natural side. Poor Taylor Fadoon. Right D, <laughs> never used. 32, and if he does not give a middle finger to the Dallas Stars on his way out this year, I, I feel so bad with the way that he was kind of, I mean, uh, like, yeah. It, it, yeah he, I feel he, bad uh, for Taylor Fadoon. I, I think the that. team lost. Yeah, the team lost faith faith in him uh, during the playoffs. What was it? Three years ago, the St. Louis series, uh, where where he kind of he got physically beaten up, and and he his playing time never recovered from that. And yeah, and, and it's a shame because he he brings he brings some things. Uh, you know, he he's you know, that pairing that pairing of of Hanley and him as as a third pair was statistically so good and, and and they actually passed the eye test yeah but uh but fadoon just went into the doghouse 
Yeah, so they're missing that eighth defense defenseman uh, position. So I don't know, Sammy Vatnin, Maybe uh, maybe they do have a position for you this year. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I just didn't see it out uh, out on the ice. Um, he was he, he he was okay, but uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure he'll get an offer that, uh, that that may match what he wants more than Dallas needs him. Maybe, but I also could see since he was waived, he was not cl- cl- well. He was claimed by Dallas. Um, there's no telling if he would have if he would have cl- cleared at that time if there weren't other teams lower in the uh, claim order than yeah. Dallas that put in a claim on him. I mean, he was making two million. I don't know that Dallas would offer him that necessarily. Um, but you know, Jimno loves to have a veteran guy that you know kind of is a known quantity and can ride the pine, so to speak, um, and doesn't block the development of a guy like Thomas Harley. He's not the type you want to bring up as your, as your number eight. And honestly, if, if anything happens this coming year, I would love to see Dallas say, you know what? Seven defensemen. That's what we're going with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to be a real hockey team. I mean, I, you know, I'll just say I, I, I'm always disappointed with how Dallas treats their their defenders and their their prospects coming up. And we, you know, you t- Patrick Nemeth gets decent time everywhere. Even Kevin Connaughton gets time. I mean, we've gone through all of these with consider, considered third pair guys who, who just kind of we never give them a chance to flourish. And uh and we didn't even do that with Alexiak, and it had to go to Pittsburgh in order to, to get his game together. I, I would actually like us to trust a few of the guys coming up. We, we tend to bring guys into Cedar Park on the defensive side who are, who are college graduates. And so they're up, up in the 23-24 range. And somebody like Jared Rosberg, um, who, who, who's you know, had one full year now under his belt after coming out of college, the, the guy out of Cedar Park I'd like to see get a chance is, is Ben Gleason. And I, you probably remember him from, from his few stints up within Dallas where he was, uh, he was like John Klingberg on, on steroids and, and didn't know when to stop walking the line. But this year he learned how to not, he, he learned how to still be productive while not, while taking some of the risk out of his game. And Dallas has never rewarded the growth out of the people that they get uh, in the AHL. And it'd be nice to see him finally trust them enough to do that. I 1000% thought you were going to say Julie Sanka. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I mean, the Honka debate is just, man, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he's, he's, rich- He's a restricted free agent this summer and arbitration eligible. So um, I don't think we've had our last free Honka versus by Honka debate in the defending Big D community. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I'm with you. I would like to see some of the defensive guys down in Texas get a little bit more, a um, little bit more faith. And, you know, I do think that it helps that, Neil Graham seems to be in alignment with how Dallas wants their guys to play. Um, I think we've seen, you know, with the advancement of Rhett Gardner and Tanner Caro and UL Kiviranta, he had for a little bit, Jason Robertson, he had all of last year. Um, you know, those guys coming up and fitting into the system you know, maybe maybe that can actually apply the to the defense for once, and uh, we might well, be able you, to see some of those guys get a little bit of time on that third pairing. Yeah, and and if you watched if you watched some of the the Texas Stars games, you know, originally early on in the year, you had you had Harley uh, kind of running under the, uh, you know, he was being protected by uh, Joe Sassoni, and and. You know, it gave him kind of a stay-at-home defender, and and that progressed to him playing with Gleason, and that was a pretty dynamic pair. And so I'd I'd be kind of interested to see how both those guys work out in camp because you know they they both they both can move the puck. Um, 
Harley obviously has the skating ability that uh, that Gleason has, but Gleason has a bit more of the uh, of the he, he's a more dynamic and creative passer. So uh, you know that that could work out. And and Gleason's grown since we last saw him too. He's he's not a small guy anymore. Hey, we like that growth is always good. Um, and you know what? Actually, might throw a whole wrinkle into the entire depth chart on the defensive side for Dallas is Thomas Harley himself. You know, yep. he's, he's 19 and um, he technically shouldn't have even been allowed in the AHL this season because he signed to an, um, a CHL contract up in Canada. So he should have been playing major juniors, but because of COVID and everything that happened this year and some leagues playing and others not, and the Canadian provinces and, you know, getting such late starts. I, I mean, some leagues didn't even get off the ground this year. Um, and I believe he would have been in one of those. So I'm curious to see how that plays into um, the CHL NHL agreements uh, that are in place, because I mean, the kids had a full season of AHL experience and now you're going to say because he hasn't aged out that he's required to go back to Canadian juniors next year or make the NHL squad that doesn't it doesn't feel quite right <laughs> um from well, a does, I, 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 think he, I think he ages doesn't he age out after this year so because he's he's 19 right now so so he has an option to stay but I think he I think, I he think it depends on when your birthday is yeah and um, I, I I, I can't remember where he he was, but I thought both he and Damiani were were the ones who were OHL this year, but uh, but could move on for next year. But that you know, don't don't uh, don't bet the house. On don't that. quote us because we are definitely yeah. <laughs> not experts on CHL, NHL, AHL agreements because it's about as clear as mud when you read the transfer agreements. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I, maybe, I, I mean. If, if if Dallas if he shows enough, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him and and Sekera play a decent amount, um and uh, and have Hanley as the as the seventh, uh the seventh D and that's the the lineup. Yeah, what's really fascinating is Sekera is going to be the Dallas Stars like defense one of the Dallas Stars defensive guys that they exposed in the expansion draft because. He might be the only one on this roster that fits the veteran experience. Both um, both both requirement. And both separate okay. and handly. So so yeah, but both will be exposed. <laughs> I just find that so fascinating. I was like, wow, Dallas doesn't have a lot of options on but on the back end, which I think is both good and bad, I guess you could say. Um Jim Neal kind of lined it all up so that they didn't have a ton of guys they had to protect on the blue line, but also uh, not a whole lot of guys that they had to expose. So um, I think they're kind of boxing Seattle into either taking one of their goaltenders off of their hands or maybe a forward, which is going to turn us right into the forward lines for next year. I think this is where we're going to see the biggest shakeup, and I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Um, let's start with the unrestricted free agents. Justin Dowling, unrestricted free agent, 30 years old, um, has been just an absolute trooper for Dallas and the Texas Stars organizations for years and years and years. Um, kind of a mainstay in Texas. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what decision is made regarding him. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him re-signed on a on a minimum, on a minimum. NHL deal, two way, and and pay him three fifty uh, as an AHL Cyrus, uh, salary, and um, maybe and go Colin. go ahead. Yeah, he 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 could be captain down in Texas very easily. Um, For sure, and, and still somebody that you could trust if you need to bring him up. Plus, plus Tanner, we need forward, yeah. we need forward to who we can expose, and so signing him signing him now fills that bill. It's true. Uh, Tanner Carroll was a very interesting guy, not somebody we knew a lot about uh, heading into the season and then, you know, managed to make a name for himself and establish uh, himself as an NHL option. I mean, he's 28, uh, signed to a basically league minimum deal for this year and also another unrestricted free agent. Uh, I, I could see him getting re-signed probably for I, I, I could too. 
not a lot above minimum, but I could see him getting another shot to see if he's a flash in the pan kind of guy. Like, Hey, I made a name for myself because injuries were a thing in Dallas or, you know, does he have true depth uh, that he could add into the lineup? Because there are a number of guys that Dallas does have uh, going out bound. We assume Um, Blake Como unrestricted free agent 2.4 million this year. Uh, He's 35. Uh, I think if Jim Nill is a smart man, and I think that he is for the most part, um, Blake Como is not a Dallas star next year. I think that's a very reasonable thought. I I hope that we come, everybody comes to the same conclusion. And I think the same could be said about Andrew Cogliano, um, 33 years old, 3.25 3.25 million this year, also an unrestricted free agent. Um, I just I feel like that six and a half million ish dollars could be spent um, uh, on one Miro Haskinen, maybe. Uh, and I also think that the play of guys like Caro, like Rhett Gardner, like Kamano have proven that Dallas might have pieces. Now they might have to do some shuffling around and um, they may not have the FCC line to to hold back as their safety blanket anymore, um, which I think would be okay, Rick Bonus. It's going to be okay. We're going to take your safety blanket away. <laughs> let, um, well, let, but, let, me, let me try and throw a monkey wrench in here for you. Sure. I think they've re-signed Andrew Cogliano, and I'll tell you why. Um, first off, he is far and above the best PK guy on on the stars. Uh, if you just if, if you take he's top ten in the league. I mean the the, the amount of, of high danger chances that the stars gave up with Cogliano on the ice versus Dickinson, Foxa, Como is ridiculously small. And so he, the other thing he brings is he has speed. And there's a reason why he's, he's what, what is he now, tied for the most shorthanded goals in the NHL over some time period. I mean, he, he actually creates a reasonable threat offensively that, that uh, you know, the, the offset between what he does defensively and what he creates offensively makes him almost like an even strength guy on the, <laughs> on the penalty kit. It's, it, it, the numbers are ridiculous. And, and that's hard to give up. The other thing that I really like about Cogliano is, you know, as, he, as he's 33, he is the best F1 that the Stars have. If you, if you want to, you know, the, the first guy in, the first guy behind the goal line, uh, attacking defenders, always, always on the go, that's Cogliano. And I think that fits in very well with what they're going to need on the fourth line. And so it's not going to be an FCC line, but I think Cogliano fits in very well. Okay, fine. We're going to take away half of the safety blanket then. <laughs> well, we'll probably move Foxo away from him too. So, so it, it's, it goes away. Okay. I could be on board with Cogliano coming back on a short term deal. As long as the, as long as the value isn't, I don't know that yeah. I would pay him 3.25 million for oh. what he brings to the table. Um, if we could maybe, if Dallas could get him on a short, shorter term and maybe a a lesser deal, I'm okay. I'd be fine with, and also the other thing about Cogliano is his durability. The man doesn't miss games like ever. He's actually fairly well, uh, regarded in that sense. And also just seems he's like Gumby. I don't know. He just like block shots and just absorbs them and nothing ever seems to now yeah, I've totally curse the man I'm so sorry Andrew Cogliano I'll probably curse you for next year I don't mean to but um so yeah I could okay I could be on board with that so maybe Cogliano does come back but I think one yeah, I mean, thing I can has, say with the money has to be right so but yeah fine. and I think I can say with some confidence that uh Cogliano and Como will not both be Dallas Stars next year I, I, if, if they both are, then something is going on. Something has gone very wrong. Yes. (laughs) The stars and the, the moon and the stars have not aligned. And then we have a couple of restricted free agents up front. Um, all 
uh, arbitration eligible. The only one of which I would be curious to see if he actually does decide to take Dallas to arbitration, Jason Dickinson. Uh, $1.5 million this year um, on his last RFA deal and is probably going to be looking for some some term and some money for yeah. himself. Yeah, and, and this is another one of those deals that uh, you know, I, I think they'll probably they'll probably get something done so that they can expose him. Um, and, and this this may be uh, this Dickinson may be the kind of guy that uh, that Seattle would be interested in taking. Um, you know, I, I, I Dickinson Dickinson I would love to have him as a fourth line center. Who, who potentially could could move up based on injuries, but yeah, it's it's going to end up being a two or three year deal in the in the mid two range, and and he's going to take Blake, Blake Comos spot essentially. Well, except except money I wise, give it, yeah, money wise, exactly, exactly. And then Yoel Kiviranta is also arbitration eligible. Um, kind of feel bad for that kid just because. You know, he was pretty much injured all season and and last year, you know, kind of limited in terms of the number of games he played. So he's probably going to get something done at a pretty reasonable. Um, yeah, like 1.1, 1.2 somewhere. Yeah, like 1.1, 1.2 in a two year. Exactly. To see what he can become and uh, maybe think on himself a little bit, too, because, uh, you know, he's shown flashes of being a solid top six forward option but uh just needs a little more consistency and hopefully uh he can become the next andrew cogliano in terms of the ironman streak or something um well, then you get another another one he, he's another one of those that uh, that's a real solid f1 on the four check um so uh, again if dallas is going to use puck pressure up the ice to to disrupt defenses he's the kind of guy you want in the lineup sure and then Rhett Gardner also uh, arbitration eligible RFA I don't foresee them having any issue getting his him done on a deal either so then you know that brings us to guys that are signed so Jason Robertson luckily <laughs> or unluckily <laughs> depending on how next season goes for him um is still on his entry level so he will not get a new contract until after the end of next year. So that gives Dallas a little cost control up front um, for one of their guys. And then you've got Denny Gurionov already signed, um, will be eligible for a new contract at the end of next year. Then you've got Rupe Hintz signed for two more seasons. So you're pretty set in terms of uh, salary for a little bit with him. Radek Foxov probably had one of the most disappointing campaigns for the Dallas Stars this year in terms of forward core. Um, just not the same level of player that Dallas was used to getting. Um, but he signed for another four seasons. And then Joe Pavelski, Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, and Alexander Radulov all signed. So yeah. up front, I mean, it seems like they're they're fairly well positioned in terms of who we would expect to see, but maybe some holes where they could do a little free agent shopping. I think the trick will be how up against the cap they end up being with some of these uh, free agent RFA um, deals that need to get done. Yep, and I have not run the numbers. Um, I, I would, I would just. Based on the year that he had and, and and the way that Seattle is goes on analytics, it wouldn't be an absolute shock to me to see Foxa be unprotected. Um, just on the assumption that they aren't going to want to take that contract. And you know, it's interesting because when you think about Seattle sitting down to build out a team, I mean, they're starting from zero dollars spent, um, and so even though they do have to get a roster put together, you know, and an NHL squad to put out on ice the first year, they do have some leeway to take on bigger contracts than I think some people might envision they would. So yes, 3.25 million for what Radic Foxer brings to the table for them. I mean, 
I don't know that that's so much of an overpay that they wouldn't want to have him an established, you know, like their defensive identity with a right Fox type up front. Like it wouldn't yeah, surprise I, me if they took him. The, the the reason it would supply me is more related to to their analytics department than it is to to the the contract number. And and I don't I don't think Seattle is going to set their team up to have a player like Radic Foxa play. I, I think that's a team that's going to uh, that, that's going to base themselves in, in many of the reputation of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, that they're gonna they're gonna want to be a talent oriented team, not necessarily a, a defense first team. See, but I would also argue that Foxa does have some of that and that some of those tendencies have been not on display because of the system he plays in. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think he got in a rut with the FCC line and he got it, you know, again, the last couple of games of the season, but he got away from FCC a little bit and you could almost see his brain kicking in that now he was playing with some offensive oriented players and maybe he should pass the puck into the crease and maybe he should, you know, he should be a little more offensively creative. And I think he, maybe he has that ability, but, uh, but being on the FCC line and it, it killed him. Yeah. So either way, maybe Dallas gets a rejuvenated Foxa, um, or Seattle gets a rejuvenated Foxa, I yeah. guess, um, next year, just because by virtue of Cogliano and Como both most likely, I, and I think I speak for a lot of Stars fans in hoping that they're both not back next year. Um, that kind of forces the coaching staff to take on new guys and and put them into the lineup and maybe get a little bit more offensively creative and maybe get a little bit less away from this defensive stifling black hole offense that they like to run sometimes. Um, How how do you, how how, how do you see the lines sorting themselves out next year? You know, I'm not really sure because before we move to that, I would also just remind you that Seattle has to take somebody from Dallas. They can't just over. They just can't skip over and be like, "Nah, Dallas doesn't have anything we're interested in. We're out." So oh, I, here, here's my. <laughs> I, I, I've thrown this out out there before on uh, on the comments, but my 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 behind the scenes look says they it's fifty fifty. They take Adam Maskerin. Interesting. Why do you think he would be exposed by Dallas? Um. Well, why why would he not be exposed? This is is the question. They'd have to they'd have to protect him to have him not be available. That's fair. I mean, he lit it up in in. Well, see, I was wondering if he actually qualified to even be exposed. He might fall yep. under the entry level. Nope, nope. I I I've I've looked at this. I, that's what I first thought too, and then, then I looked at it, and he he's played enough professional seasons where he's eligible at the end of this year. And I mean, his yeah. numbers his numbers for for Texas, um, you know, and, and some of this was with Damiani, so or so so they paired together well. But you know, he had he had seventeen goals. Is that right? I believe so. Seventeen goals, mm-hmm. twenty. Uh, 16 assists, a uh, good sniper. Um, he's a left wing, which the stars could really use. Um, so if he doesn't get picked, I'd actually like him to see see him have a decent shot of making the team. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's what I would look at if I was Seattle. Trying to go all um, Inception style on us, huh? <laughs> well you kind of you kind of uh you know if, if you can't you know i you know if we if we did when we signed pavelski i was pretty sure that that was the reason we signed the contract was so that uh, he'd be exposed to to seattle and everybody would be happy and that's a big chunk of change that they can just uh they they can just throw on their books and be happy with it but pavelski's too vital to this team there's no no chance we aren't going to protect him now 
Not if they expect to win to make a serious run at the cup next year. I mean, yeah. I don't see how after this season. I think had this expansion draft happened at the end of last season, before the bubble, because exclude all that, because that was all different. Yeah. But at the end of last season, regular season campaign, heck yeah, it would have been like, all right, Joe Pavelski is going to be exposed, probably going to be taken, no big deal. Won't hurt Dallas all that much, but man, he he's really found a rhythm here, and and I think it's like you we said kind of earlier. This is kind of the last go at it with Radulov, with Pavelski, with um. Really, Ben and Sagan uh, getting you know certainly Ben is is getting the uh, getting old for a power guy. Right, and then Klingberg, you know, still under contract yep. at a at a friendly rate, so. Before some potentially massive changes have to occur, this is it. This is your last chance, and I don't see how letting Pavelski get exposed in the expansion draft because I don't see how Seattle would look past him, even at $7 million. Um, I think they would absolutely be like, yeah, heck yeah, we're going to put you up front, and we're going to see if we can yeah. create around you for a year. Chase of the franchise um, for a year, you bet. Yeah, I don't see how that's even a thing. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who Dallas does ultimately end up protecting and what scheme they end up going with. Um, I don't know that they have so many blue liners that they need to protect that they need to go with, like, eight forwards or whatever it was. No, it's going to be seven, 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 two, one. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, now, so, one thing we missed talking through the forwards, uh, we didn't mention Ty DeLandry at all. Um, thoughts? I did not. Um, yeah, so Ty DeLandria is, let's see, he is signed, so no contract concerns there. Um, you know, had his ups and downs this year. I think he really could, I think he really did, like, benefit from getting just some more time down at the AHL level. Um, I think he's going to come into camp. I don't know that I would pin he, he him looked, into a space, but I would definitely so consider good. him. He looks so good in Texas. I, I think one year in Texas and he's ready for uh, he's ready for the NHL. And that's what Dallas is going to need. He, they're going to need guys like him to be able to come into training camp and be able to push for a position and, and win one so that they don't have to go out onto the free agency market, you know, with maybe they resign, let's say they resign Cogliano. You've got to fill Como's spot. I think Kamano or Gardner easily fill that, you know, and then maybe you have one more spot left. Yeah. I think Caro, I think Caro in at the, in at the minimum, they, they like him. He, he, he can play center. He can play wing and, and if need be, he can actually go off the lineup a little bit. So I, I think he's kind of a, an ideal match where you don't have to commit a whole lot to have somebody who you can fill in if you need it. And I would say this. Um, I would much rather see so many guys that can slot into a top six scoring role that they have to somehow create a fourth line that can score too versus, oh, well, we can't bring him up because he doesn't fit the hole that we need. Like, Dallas needs to really readjust that mentality that they have. Talent is talent. Put it in the lineup, and it'll figure itself out. Yeah, That's what the good teams do. Each lineup needs to create a threat offensively, and I think that's, that's the FCC line and how much they played really hurt this year. Because yeah, they they were able to stifle play, but it shortened games and it made things go to overtime way too much. For sure. So yeah, so that's kind of the inventory list as it stands now. Um, you know, obviously we could do an entire show, you know, just based on what Miro Haskinen's next contract is going to look like. Um, we could do literally an entire show debating the merits of keeping or trading John Klingberg, although you'll never hear me on this side, on the side of trading him. Um, and, you know, obviously we will touch on all of these things because it's, you know, longer off season this year. Dallas didn't make the playoffs. I think we're all kind of, I mean, not necessarily surprised cup hangovers are real apparently. 
and yeah, well, it Dallas really hard. Well, and it was a shorter off season, and then it was extremely compressed. And we're we're actually a somewhat old team to to, to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was tough, and and, yeah. and you know it, it in in hindsight, you know, this is not the worst thing that could have happened. And and I think it sets up next year for at least the potential of being a really good year. I know, and like some very cynical side of me says, oh, it's probably good that Mira Haskinen didn't have a, such a great year offensively this year as he didn't, you know, last year and the year before that, because huh, that probably depresses his value a little bit. Maybe they get a cheaper bridge contract instead of a eight-year mega deal. Well, um, I mean, that that's literally what playing in Dallas does. I mean, take a look at what Matias Yanmark did. Yanmark had to go to Chicago to 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 get his numbers up so he could get a contract. Now, uh, it, 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 suppressing suppressing point numbers when you're looking at comps that depend on, you know, goal scored, assists, points, plus minus, all this other you know, archaic stats. That's what the comps are based on, and and playing for Dallas, you know, you you're gonna come out with a contract that's not worth what your true value is. You know, what's interesting is I think a lot of people before this season didn't even consider a bridge contract when it came to Miro Haskinen, but I actually kind of went and I did a little bit of research on some of the big guys that were kind of, you know, cream of the crop in their, in their years. Um, and John Klingberg, he signed a seven-year deal, obviously, but he signed at $4.25 million, so very team-friendly after, like, a single season. Like Jim Nill just knew. Um, Aaron Eckblad signed a seven-year deal also at $7.5 million. Ivan Provorov, he signed for six years at $6.75 million. Seth Jones went six years at 5.4. Noah Hannafin was six years at 4.95. But here's where I think the closest comparables for Miro might actually reside. Zach Wierenski signed a three-year bridge deal at $5 million after his entry level expired. And Charlie McAvoy did a three-year bridge at $4.9 million. So I think Evolving Wild had a bridge contract for Miro Haskinen at something like $5.8 million. To me, like, that's essentially Como and Cogliano right there. Yep. And their salaries go to, go to Miro well, for a couple of years. And, and, and Haskinen may want that kind of deal anyway because it gets him out of uh, out of – you know, the, the current cap situation. So Right, uh, exactly. Like yeah. see see yourself past this like economic um flat cap, you know, for the next couple of years because as a result of the pandemic, you still get paid and then you bank on getting an eight year deal a couple of years down the line at a much higher value um than you may be offered now by literally any team just by virtue of the fact that the cap does stay flat so well the um, interesting thing about Miro is that because he started so young he's doing this bridge deal while he's still 21 22 so he comes out at the age 25 if if you're talking about a defender at 25 you don't have any problem giving an eight-year contract to a 25 year old you know, that's exactly. a whole lot different than than thinking that Klinger is going to be 29 and what do you do with that deal? So many things to think about, Mark, as we head into the offseason. <laughs> but, you know, I think we're going to have so many more debates like this. Um, you know, but now we kind of have a clearer-ish, maybe, uh, picture of what Dallas is dealing with um, and where their holes might reside. But, you know... Stay tuned, Stars fans. We're going to be talking about this all summer long. And as free agency approaches, as the expansion draft approaches, um, and we see who gets selected and and what other holes become apparent, um, we're going to be doing this scatter shooting about what does Dallas look like next year and how different will it be. So uh, stick around, listen in, keep us tuned. Uh, hit us up on the website. We'll be producing all sorts of content all off season long. And we hope you stick around with us. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for following us this year, guys. We, we really do appreciate y'all.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.